Mason and Ireland, ESPN LA. Momo is here along with O'Shea Jackson Jr. And as most people know, now let's be honest, as everybody knows, yep. uh, I am a huge Rams fan. Section 6, part of the Ramblers. Rams Nation. You know, they often ask this question mm-hmm. at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Whose house? And you know the answer, right? Mason's house. Ram's house. Ram's house. Is that the real voice? Yeah. Who's station? Ram station. Uh, Joining us right now is the COO and executive vice president of football operations for the Los Angeles Rams, Kevin Demoff. Kevin, how are you, man? I'm, I want to be as excited as you are. Oh, come on, man. It's football. You you guys have teed this thing up like crazy. There is such anticipation. I think about where you were one year ago today in terms of who the Rams were in town and where you are now. It is just, it's light years, man. Uh, you've got to be thrilled. I am thrilled, and it's a great credit to, to Sean and to Les and what they've been on the field and stand for continuing to develop the stadium and a team we can all believe in. And now it's time for us to go out and hopefully prove all these pundits right, just like we proved them all wrong a year ago. So I don't know how that works. Uh, let's let's go through kind of the, the Aaron Donald uh, contract negotiations. Um, we had heard for, for a number of weeks that it was going to get done, that it was close to being done, that both sides were, were moving along the track towards a deal. Did it go the way that that you hope describe the entire process well I, look i think the end question is did it go the way we hope aaron is a ram for the next seven seasons and i think at the end of the day that was what was most important to us was to find a contract for aaron that made sure that he could spend his entire career with the rams rewarded to him for being the unbelievable talent he is i think Les says it best he, he he's on the mount rushmore of rams defensive lineman which is a great group when you talk about it a fearsome foursome a jack young blood you know, and, and that element, and I, I think, look, did it, you'd like this to be done earlier, of course. I think everybody would say that, but at the end of the day, he's going to line up against the Raiders in week one, and, and that was always our, our outside goal. But most importantly, did it end up where we wanted? Yes, Aaron's going to be a Ram uh, much longer almost than anybody else. How, Kevin, how long did you guys have this strategy plotted out where you sign Brandon Cooks and Gurley, and you, you had to obviously plot out how much you could give each guy and in what order so that there was enough money left over for Aaron and then still have enough to work with so you can keep Jarrett, right? I mean, this is a, this is a long-term three-, four-year plan that you've had to scope out, right? I think from where it starts is when you had Jarrett and you saw the progress last year and you saw, I think when we ended last year and you had a, a Pro Bowl quarterback who was 23 years old with three years left, you know, Aaron and Todd, each one player of the year, and even Sean won coach of the year, and you said, mm-hmm. okay, we now have a nucleus we can build around. You felt very comfortable, you know, given Aaron and Todd's history, you know, Aaron multi-pro bowler, Todd rookie of the year, offensive player of the year, that you could go invest in this core. I think that's uh-huh. where it started, and you understood that you had a couple years until you had to pay Jared. And from there, you know, we were able to go acquire a Brandon Cooks and Marcus Peters. And I think one of the nice things about, you know, truly the – the one move that probably helped everything this year was the Marcus Peters trade, mm-hmm. unsung, and that you got a, a really elite number one cornerback who had two years left on their rookie first-round deal. And that gave us a little bit more flexibility than maybe having to get a cornerback in free agency or spend big at a position that, that is pretty expensive. And from there, you started to look ahead. We had preserved. We had the most salary cap space in the NFL in 2019, 2020. So we always had room to grow into this team. And I think that was 
what was most important. And from there, you kind of went in and locked everybody up. And you know, the goal is you know make sure you have a young nucleus of stars. And I think when it starts with a Jared, Todd, Brandon Cooks, a Marcus Peters, and Aaron Donald, you you sit there and look at those five guys, all you know, 25 or younger. Aaron, I think, 26. You say we can go lock those guys up and build the rest of the team around there, and that's really what Sean and Les did. Uh, you know, I went and uh, saw a concert at the uh, Forum uh, a few weeks back, and I'm I'm watching the new stadium rise uh, from uh, from the from the earth. There, talk about where you guys are in the process of uh, completing the stadium. Well, we're just about halfway complete uh, on the construction timeline, but I think the most important piece that the fans will notice if you turn on the construction cam on our website or you fly over is the first two pieces of the roof have gone on in the past few weeks. The first uh, roof piece went on during the Texans preseason game, and the second roof piece went up earlier this week. And there are 38 roof pieces, so we still have a while to go to get them all up. But we have one of the world's largest cranes now on site to lift (laughs) these roof pieces. I think the first two average about 2 million pounds of steel per lift. So really exciting stuff. By this time next year, the roof should be fully on. And I think fans are starting to see what the state is going to take shape. When you fly in, you can see the cement's been poured you know, for the seats, you know, and it really does look like a roughed-out stadium now. You can envision where the locker rooms are, and, and I think the most exciting thing, you know, when, when we took the team down at the end of June and Stan Kroenke was able to show them everything about the stadium, where they'll run out of the tunnel, you know, where our sidelines will be, where the end zone is, you know, where the jacuzzis and the locker rooms are going to be. It was a joy to get to see him share that, you know, with our 90 players and with our coaches for the first time, and you know, we're going to keep building this day to day. And you know, yesterday, along that journey, we announced our pricing for the new stadium. And I think everybody's truly excited, you know, about our future in Inglewood. And, you know, but we're going to enjoy the next two years getting there as well. Uh, well, I'm, you know, I went and bought uh, personal seat licenses uh, here during the off season, and uh, I know that offer is out there and available to people. I, the thing that blew me away was when I went through uh, the the Playa Vista sort of the mapping out of the entire stadium and the models and and the way it's all going to look. I mean, once you see that, it's like you're building a whole little city around this new stadium. It's it's unreal. Um, Sort of describe the vision for the whole thing. Well, I think it goes back to Stan's belief from day one that you can't undershoot Los Angeles, and this is going to be a 300-acre sports and entertainment district. And you know, if you go through Playa Vista, you see in the model we have the overlap that this piece of land is larger than Disneyland, and you know it's got more square footage than Century City, you know, 15 million square feet ultimately property. But you've got a million square feet of retail, almost double, you know, the size of the Grove. You've got a million square feet of commercial office space, and the first kind of quarter million. Uh, is going to go to the NFL Media and NFL Network right across from the stadium. 25 acres of parks and lakes, a 300-room hotel, you know, eventually 1,500 homes. We have 500 condos, apartments being built right now. You know, this is a city within a city, and I think it's going to transform Inglewood and the entire region, you know, right around the stadium. And it is not often you find 300 acres of great real estate on the west side of Los Angeles. And I think our fans are going to be blown away by not only the stadium, which will be an unbelievable experience, but they'll be able to spend all of Sunday before the game, after the game, and certainly any day of the week, whether it's a concert at the Forum, you know, whether it's going for dinner, whether it's shopping before the holidays, you know, this is going to be truly a 365-year destination of which the Rams are just 10, 10 days a year. How do you guys feel about the Clippers trying to join the party? I know their, their stadium is like, proposed stadium would be like right across the street. You know, I, I think you know, they're, they're in the middle of their process, and I would never want to comment on anybody else, you know, what they're going through. I think they see the appeal of Inglewood, 
you know, and what's growing and developing and certainly coming alongside our project, you know, and everything that's going there would be beneficial. But obviously, you know, they're in discussions with AEG, they're in discussions, you know, with the forum. But, you know, I think what's most important, and we certainly feel this from our perspective, you know, there has not been a new football stadium in, in Los Angeles in, you know, 90 years or really one built for an mm-hmm. NFL team ever. And when I go to the stadium, I get so excited about building a stadium for Rams fans and how exciting that is and walking into a new building you know, that has truly ours. And I know the Chargers probably feel the same way. And I think the Clippers, you know, ultimately, in Staples Center are looking for that same experience. Everybody at the end of the day wants to put their own stamp, you know, on their building, their experience. And that's been the most fun part of the past few years for us. And, you know, I didn't get to see Steve when he went down to, to Playa Vista. But watching our fans come in in jerseys and starter jackets from the 80s and, and every form of Rams gear and be so excited about the future of the Rams, I think that's why you do these things. It's for the fans and it's to improve the guest experience. All right. Um, on Monday night, we're going to have the Rams versus Raiders, and they were two teams that were kind of in similar positions with the Khalil Mack deal and the Aaron Donald deal. Obviously, the Rams seeing through with their deal with Aaron Donald that sends a message to the fans that you know we're raring to go and we're and we're ready to win this year. What do you think that does for making the Rams a, a landing spot for free agents to see us take care of our players, opposite of the Raiders letting Mack uh, get traded away? Well, I would never want to speak or say about what the how the Raiders end. I think for <laughs> of us course. it is, you know, the most important thing of extending a Todd Gurley for six years, extending an Aaron Donald for seven years, getting Rob Havenstein under contract for another four years. You want to make sure when you draft and develop your players that you can keep that core together. Um, and, and I think what that, you know, but part of that comes, and I think this goes back to the question, what Sean and Les have built is a culture that, you know, we can look back over the past year. We know you know, we have a group of coaches and who they've identified as their players that they want to draft and develop. And when we go into the draft, we have a plan for guys. And when you now a year in, we can identify with our staff and, you know, less as personnel staff, our coaching staff, who are going to be the key contributors and really focus our resources and our efforts on extending those players. And ideally a Jared Goff, a Marcus Peters, you know, as you get down the line, you know, for us. And I think where, where that comes into play, where it's different, I think, for you know, the Raiders and a John Gruden, when you have a new coach who's coming in trying to understand what their roster is, you know, it is clear, you know, whether it's Indomitian Sue coming to Los Angeles playing for less money, Andrew Whitworth a year ago, Aqib Tlaib seeking out the Rams and Wade Phillips and Sean McVay, the people around the league are taking notice of the culture that Coach McVay has built, you know, the st- staff from Coach McVay to Coach Phillips, certainly John Fossil deserves his credit as well, all the position coaches, you know, getting the chance to play in Los Angeles, play in this environment, go into the new stadium. This is a place where players want to play. And I think for us, it's comforting to say, hey, we can look towards the future. We know how we've evaluated these players. We know how they fit in our system. You know, we're really comfortable extending them and locking them up long term. And, you know, that's the fun part of being in the position we're in, which I think is very different than maybe where the Raiders find themselves today. So I have a, I have a tip for you. I know the media thing is, is like something that you always have to watch every word that you say. But when O'Shea asks a question like that, the correct way to handle it is no, not to actually <laughs> say, is not to actually say what you're thinking, but to kind of just like go like, <laughs> right, like we killed it on the Aaron Donald thing and the Raiders. Okay, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Totally messed up. Here. Right? I want to so, point out. a great answer. Kevin. We can't quote you with the like Nelson hint, hint right? No, we can't quote it. you but on listen, that. Listen, do you guys know that Kevin and Kevin <laughs> described this? Uh, it's been reported, I think, by uh, Reuters. 
that you guys made an aggressive offer for Khalil Mack. Yeah, I want to know about that. Take us through, you know, how far along that got. Yeah, I have no idea how far along it actually got in their building. I know it was something we put thought into, you know, but I always, what I've laughed about is, you know, that's gotten a lot of play in the past few days. If you looked at our past two years, I think people should be more surprised if we did it. You know, with what this team does. And I think that's when you look at Sean and Wes's mindset, it's aggressive to try to acquire players. And when you hear, you know, an all pro is available, I think you're usually going to get a call from the Rams to see, you know, if we should inquire. And there have been a lot of situations this year that we've inquired about that I think, you know, if there's a chance to make our football team better. We're excited about the players we have on defense. We're excited to line up and play. But I think you always want to make sure that that you can inquire of good football players available. And we're fortunate we have an owner who gives us the resources to go explore you know, these ideas and, and a coach and a GM who, who believe that no stone should go on turn to make your roster better. Which is basically like what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> like we killed it and yeah. they are stupid. All right, and, let's, right? Let's, no, I mean, you don't have to say it, Kevin. I'll say it for you. You just oh, said it. it. We'll say it. it when Kevin's not on the phone. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going hard. Hey, uh, Kevin, congratulations on a fantastic uh, offseason and cannot be more excited. Uh, for Monday and then next Sunday uh, at the Coliseum against uh, Arizona. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on, and we'll see you at the, uh, at the stadium. Thank you, guys. I look forward to the support, and it's great to be back on the ESPN radio this year. Cool. Nice. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Thanks.